We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Back again. Today's show feels packed. And we're four weeks away from the next wrestling pay-per-view, which feels weird because last week we're having them every two weeks. So we kind of get to breathe and the WWE gets to breathe and Vince McMahon gets to swim through money like he Scrooge McDuck. But we'll talk about that here in a second as well. Um, You know, I'm Kel Dansby here with old man Andreas Hale in the building. Um, Yo, I saw your pictures from the red carpet last week. Those grays, you're just looking real distinguished right now. You got a whole new look. Uh, you know, the grays, the grays have arrived, and I can't get rid of them. So, and, it, it is. and you're covering K-pop now, am I right? Is that like your new? Oh beat? my God, Joe! Damn, <laughs> I almost forgot about all this. Look, 
So yeah, so I went. To, I covered the Billboard Awards last week for the Grio uh, for NBC, and uh, I wasn't looking forward to it because I hate red carpets, and it's just something that I've never really enjoyed. But uh, this was interesting. The red carpet. First of all, the red carpet was terrible. Like when I say it was bad, like on our side of the carpet where like the Grio Baller Status, it was like a few other publications. None of the talent went to the other side. Like the 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 dopest talent we got was like Bad Baby, that that uh, that young chick uh, with attitude. Is it Every, is it Baby or Bobby? Bobby, Baby, I don't know. <laughs> we got to get terrible. this right. You know, we're journalists but, uh, now. Yeah, but you know, it, the carpet was just terrible. The only and the biggest act that we did get on our side that I didn't really get a chance to talk to was BTS. Now, let me start with this. I had no idea who BTS was. Not a clue. Um. And I was like, man, maybe I'm just really old. But then I found out, like, kids in my family, like my, my niece and nephew, they didn't know who BTS was. Like, this, this K-pop group, apparently America's, like, the last to be aware of who BTS was. And apparently, like, the biggest thing in the freaking world. They're huge. So they showed up. There were girls crying. Like, I pull up. Let me, let me backtrack. I pull up to the red carpet, go get my credential, and there's, like, a mob of people um, right before the MGM arena, that, that strip between the, the self-parking garage and the entrance to the arena was nothing but people. And I was like, man, this is kind of crazy. It's only like noon. Why are there so many people here? So I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, yo, they're all BTS fans. All of them. <laughs> they're just outside with signs and chanting. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. They must be a big deal. Man, when I tell you that I ain't never seen no shit like this, like they're, being inside, are they the like in sync status? Like Backstreet Boys? They're they're bigger than in sync. I'm gonna I'll, I'll go out there. I'll go on a limb and say that right now. They're in terms ah. of in terms of the world, they're bigger than in sync. I mean, this is like new kids on the block media. This is like I've ne- dog. I've never seen no shit like this. They <laughs> they the. the your random the noise tweet was dope. Like your the random tweet. You didn't tag them at all. Yo, listen, and that's why I'm saying this. So they're big. Like NSYNC was big, but they were like really big in the states. They, I mean, they they did well overseas as well. But we're the last to be aware of who BTS is. Their video that they just put out, "Fake Love," did like 48 million views in 24 hours. Oh, my God. that's Yo, incredible. So if anybody watched the Billboard Awards, I don't know why you would. Billboard Awards are pretty boring. There's nothing really there to really entertain you. Um, I was really there for the Janet Jackson medley. Like I wanted to see her perform. She's fifty something years old. I wanted to see Janet. I actually ran into her kind of on the carpet and got bogarted by security. But that's another. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it's like so the awards. People that watch the awards heard like people screaming for BTS. But the thing that you didn't see was during each commercial break they started chanting. And I've been to a lot of fights and I've been to a lot of events. I've never heard no shit this loud every commercial break. And it, like the decibels were unbelievable. And I posted a couple of tweets that you that people might have seen. Yo, I've never had tweets get 58,000 retweets in 30 minutes. This, <laughs> yo, these kids are huge. Like, I'm, I still can't check my mentions. If you've mentioned me on Twitter in the last couple of days, I can't check my mentions because they have flooded my mentions. It's ridiculous. I just, I don't, I, man, I don't know what's going on. And I mean, it's just like a hybrid of like new kids on the block in sync with a little bit of hip hop, a lot of dancing. The dog, they're huge. Yo, wow. that's so crazy. Cause I saw it, and I was like, what is this? That's, that's how I know I'm getting old when I have no clue who they are. 
But 48 million in 24 hours for a video views? Crazy. I got to ask my daughter. I'm, I'm going to call her after this podcast and be like, do you know who BTS is? And she's going to be like, Dad, of course. And then just oh my God. let it in. Like, I'm, that's going to be my, yo, you're an old man moment. It, my, yo, my teenage real- daughter just looks at me like, you don't know who BTS is? Like, oh, yeah. God. I, I, I went down the rabbit hole and, like, we can move on after this. I went down the rabbit hole. Like, I went home and, I, and you know, my wife was like, what the fuck is BTS? Like, she's <laughs> like, why are they, like, what is, what are we missing here? My nephew's like, I don't know who BTS is. And he's 12. And my niece, she's eight. And they, they were like, mm. But, so I was like, let me find out. So I went down the rabbit hole and started watching their videos. Like, I get it. Like, I'm watching them. I get it. I don't, I don't really don't understand how they're a boy band or like a boy militia. There's seven of them. What oh, the fuck? Damn. Se- boy bands shouldn't be able to have like basketball teams. Like, they, this, they have a basketball team and two men coming off the bench. It's crazy. <laughs> but I get it. Like, I see what, what people like about them. It's like this Asian K pop group. The music isn't bad. It feels like they, they, they use some old school 90s R&B in some of their songs, and then they have like the more pop stuff. I get it. I get why they're big. I mean, you know, new edition is always going to be the shit for me and the Jacksons, obviously, but these kids are worldwide. Yeah, that makes you think. Like, imagine if the Jacksons came out when we had Twitter and social media or a new edition and all that. Like, these kids now, the, the advantage they have is that you can shrink the world. And yeah. it's like in the palm of your hand. Like, like you said, New Kids on the Block was huge. Imagine mm-hmm. that shit on social media. Uh, new kids on the block. Oh, I remember my friend's sister, like she had like Jordan all over her wall. And I was like, man, get this shit off the wall. Like I'm a kid and I'm like, yo, where's new edition? She's like, New Kids on the Block. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, my but, fiance said her first concert ever was New Kids on the Block. Yeah, hanging tough. Like those were jams for people. I wasn't particularly fond of any of that shit, but it is what it is. <laughs> all right, we're going to start the show off talking about uh Push It Tease Me album. The other thing you're doing right now. Musically is you know sitting down listening to Pusha T's album. They sent out a joint where you can listen to it a little early. It comes out tomorrow. Uh, if you guys are listening to this on Friday, it's already out. So go and check it out. I've been listening to old school clips and Pusha T and everything um, Reup Gang for the past couple days, just because I've always been a huge uh, clips fan. I prefer clips over Pusha T solo, but that's just me. So I was trying to get in the mood for the album when you showed up and i heard what you were listening to that does not sound like the push T I i am familiar with oh uh, okay so apparently last night you know they had a listening party and it was like universally acclaimed like this is amazing this is hard um and i usually don't go into albums with preconceived notions because it's just dangerous to do so because then your expectations are never going to be you're never going to reach those expectations however the first track banger get it second track banger get it third track sounds like the second track fourth track sounds like the third track it starts to all sound the same and this this has always been my issue with Pusha. like i like Pusha t like when i but i like Pusha t in pockets i can only take Pusha t because after a while it's the same thing and it's like his last out like his last couple albums i mean they're, they're great but i'm not gonna say they don't have replay value because there's still a lot of songs i listen to from Pusha, especially from the clip stuff but this particular project is a very one-note project. It's it's very like the same thing. Like it, it, there's some monotony there at a certain point. He's dope. Don't get me wrong, Push is dope, but I'm not hearing this instant classic. I'm not hearing this. This is amazing. And then even the production, as much as like 
Kanye's like, I've been digging through samples for years. Well, yeah, he kind of looped a couple of old school samples and he put some drums on it and he distorted some bass lines. And then you have the album. It's not like phenomenal production. And I don't know what other people are hearing. I think it's good production, but I don't. I don't, I don't hear what everybody else is hearing. Well, I guess, I, like, simple Kanye might be better Kanye to some people. Like, that, that's what people want, right? Just old school samples. Don't yeah. do too much to it. Don't, like, go weird it out like he did on some albums. Like, they, they don't want that shit. They want old school Kanye, simple production, you know, loop the hook. Let's get it going. But see, like, there was a difference. Like, college dropout Kanye, late registration Kanye, which moved away from the, the old school samples. But the sped up samples of the early college dropout Kanye, they were a little bit more creative in how they were handled. Um, this, on the other hand, what it is, is like a, a bass line, a drum, a, and then it stops everything and then gives you a loop of some old school singer. Right? It's not really, it's very choppy. The production hmm. is choppy. And, I, and it's like, you'll have to listen to it to understand what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. There's a beat, there's some rhymes, and then he throws in a sample. And then it's just the sample kind of like lives on its own. It may have like a drum track behind it or whatever, but it's not that fucking creative to me. It's it's not like old Kanye. It's not like what Rizzo was doing. And I'm not I'm not saying that everybody should be doing that, but this is Kanye we're talking about here. This is somebody that y'all call a genius. And in the first half of his career, he was phenomenal. But he's so out of touch, dog. And I'm not talking about as an individual. I'm just saying his music, what he thinks is perfection. And let's not even talk about the album cover. Because that's some old bullshit right there. You know, you just put that in the group chat. And I didn't know that was Whitney's bathroom. Like, okay. Yeah, like, but I so, mean, I guess, it, you know, it's cocaine. It's the coke flow. It's Pusha T, so I get it. It wasn't Pusha's idea. Like, Pusha did an interview with Angie Martinez, and he was like, well, it wasn't my idea. Kanye bought that image for $85,000 for it to be Pusha's album cover. It's kind of lazy to me. To just take Whitney's bathroom, you know, around the time when she died and use that as an album cover for an album called Daytona. It's like, are we celebrating the fact that Pusha's a dope, was, was a dope dealer and Whitney died of a dope? Like, so let me go out and drop an album and have a picture of Kanye's mom on the operating table. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. kind of... It's in poor taste. Yeah, yeah it's really in poor taste to do that. And people are like, yo, that's dope. That's not dope. It's not dope because the the Houston estate should be pissed right now because they've lost Whitney and and their daughter from this shit. Like yeah. that shit ain't cool, man. Like it's it's insensitive, but that's who Kanye is. It's insensitive. But enough about Kanye. The Push album is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna listen to it a few more times. I've only gotten through a few listens. It's good, but there's some monotony there, man. And and y'all, if y'all call it classic and y'all like the same shit, all right, that's cool. Just but seven I, I, tracks, right? Yeah, it's short as fuck. That, <laughs> that's an EP, by with. the way. It's not an album. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm figuring Kanye's album will probably be the same way. Hopefully, he gave Nas a little bit more. Hopefully, this thing even exists. I'm not talking. I'm not entirely sure it exists. That would be five albums in what five weeks for good music. Like, so it pushes this week, then Kanye solo, then Nas, then Push and or no, then Kanye and uh, Cuddy. Which I'm really not looking forward to, but anyway. And the last one, I forgot who had the last one. Uh, was but it Tiana? I, I think know. it was Tiana out. And by the way, guys, Tiana Taylor and Azalea Banks are the same comic book character in different universes. <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I, I think Azalea Banks is a whack job. So she is the bizarro world version. But, but the thing about Azalea is she's extraordinarily talented. 
like as a singer and a rapper, like if you go back to two one two, that was a dope ass song. Like she could sing and she could rap. She's just a nutcase. Yeah. Keep and her out her, of bodegas like, and shit and off of rants and shit. Yeah, she's wow. she's nuts. But like her and Tiana, like when I look at them as people, like they're both talented. Like Tiana's really talented too. But they're like, you know, like like Jean Grey and Dark Phoenix. They're like two they're like the same comic book character in two different universes. Anyway. <laughs> um all right, so that's the Kanye effect on music that's going on right now. The other thing we want to talk about before we kind of steer it into combat sports is the NFL came down with a ruling about players taking a knee. Any players on the field will have to stand for the national anthem and for the flag. If they do not want to do so, they can stay in the locker room. No penalty, no nothing until after the anthem is done. The owners made this ruling without consulting players. They damn near didn't consult some of the owners, what it seems like. But this is what Goodell came up with. Is this a compromise? Is this enough to end the discussion? Oh, this is bullshit is what it is. Because what is this about? Like, I think the NFL and Trump... It's hiding a problem. It's putting a Band-Aid over a problem. Well, more importantly, it's not even acknowledging the, the reason why the protest started. Like, it's not about your fucking flag. It's not about your fucking anthem. If you put half as much energy into acknowledging what Colin Kaepernick and then Eric Reed and then Michael Bennett and then all these players were kneeling for, maybe you can help get to the root of the problem to figure this shit out. Because we just saw what happened to Sterling Brown, which happened back in January. The Milwaukee Bucks rookie. Yeah. These players aren't kneeling to disrespect your fucking flag. They're upset about what's happening in the community. And what's happening to us on a daily basis. Like, yo, I just watched Set It Off for the first time in years. And Set It Off, if people remember, there was a very important scene where Jada Pinkett's uh, character's brother gets shot down by police for having a champagne bottle in his jacket and being at the wrong place at the wrong time. That was 1996. It is 2018. And we're still seeing the same shit. And that's why these players are kneeling. To tell them to stay in the locker room ignores the protest and why it exists in the first place. It's not about your fucking flag, people. It's not about your goddamn anthem. But you're trying to make a point. And then Trump went out and said, well, basically, that's not even good enough. You acquiesce to the bully and the bully says it's not good enough. They shouldn't even be in the country. Dog, you missing the point. You're missing the point. So this is this is dumb. This is some bullshit. If the players, I mean, look, man, teachers have protested for less. and They make a lot less money than athletes. If these players said, you know what, I'm going to stay in the locker room for this whole fucking game. And a bunch of them did it at the game, didn't even announce it, just did it. And, the, and the, all those people that pay for the tickets, they want refunds because there's nobody on the fucking field. Except yep. for like 12 white boys. 12 white boys and like a coon. And that's not right? even that's not even like Chris Long. Like Chris Long's in the locker room, chilling. Right. Shout out to Chris Long, by the way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, but. Now, now it's like you need to. We need to make sure that our voices are felt. And I hope there's some athletes that are willing. It's not really a risk. It's not like it broke. You know what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> it's like one game check. It ain't gonna kill you. Yeah, like okay, find me. But we're not playing. How about that? And let's see how they respond because fans are gonna be pissed off. People who subscribe to Directv's uh, Sunday Ticket are gonna be pissed off because there's no fucking game. But let's let's play this shit for real because this is a joke. Yeah. No, I mean, I I agree with that. To me, one, it's, it's about the protest, right? It's about the meaning behind it. I hope players now, if you go out to the field, you don't have to take a knee, but raise your fist in the air. Do, do something. What if players turn their back to the flag? 
Yeah, they find and a way like, to find them. Yeah, yeah, like, that's not in the rules. That's not against the rules, right? It's only if your knee touches the ground. So, you can do other stuff during the anthem. You want to put, you know, we'll stand in the same line as everyone else, but our backs are going to be turned. Now what? It's on the field. That's what I would now, do. Now it would be a national story, too, right? Now you're going to ban that, too. That's going to be... So it, it's it's something that's going to be ongoing, constant, because you, you can't stop it. You can't get ahead of it. You never get ahead of the protest. You can always do something more. So this this is stupid. This is just, you know, trying to peg the hole. And my, my boy, Nick Wright, who is super cool, he's on Fox, if you guys watch him or whatever, um, we talk all the time, and I, I know where he stood politically and on stances of, you know, race and racial inequality and all this stuff. And this is for years. When I was in Kansas City, he gave me my first job at the radio station. And that was always, you know, our thing. Like, he looked at me. It was like, oh, young black dude. You're talented. Cool. Like, he always gave people who were talented, minorities. Uh, he's just, you know, um, you know, man, my boy Carrington. He's a young black dude. Into hip-hop. All this stuff in Kansas City. Uh, just a ton of us. We can owe what we've done thanks to Nick Wright. And he's like two years older than me. So he's been putting like people our age on forever. And he said on Fox Sports, one of the best things I've heard about this whole flag debate. He was like, you know what? You, f- you know, Think what you want about the flag. He's like, ask yourself an honest question. If anyone wants to answer to this, they can sit down and ask themselves an honest question. If Kaepernick went out to the field and took a knee during the national anthem in front of the flag, and when was asked about it, said, I hate how our soldiers are treated after they fight and give their lives for us overseas, come back and have no health care, no jobs waiting on them. They don't have, you know, adequate services after that. Their money gets cut. If he says, I'm, I'm kneeling for all of these men who fight for our country every day, would you still feel the same way? And it was a resounding no. And he was like... if. If he said all of that, you guys would champion Colin Kaepernick. And he would still be disrespecting the flag and the anthem. Because he would still be kneeling. But no one would feel bad about it. So when you look in the mirror, ask yourself, do you feel bad about him disrespecting a flag and taking a knee? Or do you feel bad about why he's disrespecting the flag and taking the knee? Is it because he said that it's for racial inequality? It's for police brutality? It's for minorities? Because if it was for you and your soldiers or your family members, you would be clapping. And that's the truest shit I've heard. Man, props to Nick Wright, because that is is a spot-on assessment, man. And and that's that's what's frightening about this country. This country don't really, again, it's it's a country that we have the same issues. And you guys, you know, just find other ways to get around them and not even acknowledge that they exist. And here we are, you know, more school shootings. Uh, more, more every black... week, yo. Every week, there's a school shooting. But, but we won't acknowledge the problem, yo. The motherfucker, look, look, look. Excuse my language. <laughs> but the motherfucker said doors are the problem. There's too many entrances. Motherfucker, <laughs> mother... doors, doors, but doors, doors. We're blaming ed- exits and entrances on why a kid was able to come into a school, I believe he had a shotgun and a handgun, and was able to mow down children. A kid. How about, like I said this before, it's like, how about we start blaming parents who aren't locking up their guns appropriately because kids shouldn't be able to get their hands on these guns. Somebody's got to be held accountable. Because obviously, you know, you look at the kid and you're like, all right, well, the kid, he's messed up. And they, 
for some reason, they're always taking it without a bump or a bruise on their body. But meanwhile, black folks who didn't do shit but park in a handicap space get tased. Anyway, point is, is that people got to be held accountable for this shit. But we keep ignoring the problem. I'm not saying take away the guns, but gun control is an issue in this country. And if you want to keep not acknowledging it, you don't want to keep not acknowledging racial inequality, racism, police brutality are not issues. And you want to blame some knees and a fucking flag? So we got a, we got a lot of problems, man. We got to figure this shit out. Yeah, and then the NFL just sweeping them under the rug or hiding them does nothing. They're just trying to put everything back in the locker room, trying to put it away in the closet. You know, yeah. out of sight, out of mind. So it's just not going away at all. And I can't wait to see what comes of it. Because you know what? Kaepernick hasn't been in the league, what, two years now? He'll probably never play in the league again. His impact is bigger than anything he could have ever done on the field. And he'll be yeah. talked about for, for decades. So, shout out to him. Um, this brings us to our next point. We're rolling this over. I, I love that all of our talk kind of today is in the realm of combat sports, but a little bit different. and brings in that social aspect. Next is... Platinum Mike Perry, Florida's oh, own. Um, so Mike Perry did some type of uh, web family tree and found out he is 2% black. He then tells Tyron Woodley, who's been on the show, who is a, a very woke professional athlete, that he's 2% black and wants to say nigga. Tyron Woodley says, all right, you get a pass. Mike Perry then tweets this today. Everyone lose their damn mind. He says, no, I am 2% black, and Tyron has given me a pass. We good money. <laughs> I can't even believe. Like, this just shows a lack of common sense. And this is from a guy who gets punched in the head, so I'm not sure what I was expecting, necessarily. Like, his job is to actively lose brain cells. But I'm not sure how you could be this dumb and and think you're in this bubble or is it just part of the stick is just making him money i mean this isn't the first time he's done something like this mike perry's uh ah, man this is just a really fascinating thing to me if you have to trace your lineage that far back to figure out whether you have a drop of black blood in you you probably shouldn't say the word nigga probably not the best thing to do. it's not that fun like i mean the shit could be funny at times but it's not that fun like I go to right. I go without saying it if I had. To. Well, well, yeah. Like me personally, I made a conscious decision several years ago to stop saying it as much. I was like, I used to say it often, but then one day I was just like, well, this is why am I saying this all the time? Because I I'm tired of like getting giving people a pass. Like, I don't give anybody a pass, but I'm tired of like by me saying it in somebody else's presence, they feel like they can say it to me. Never has happened to me before because it'd be a fight, but. Like, <laughs> The point is, is that it's just unnecessary. Now, it's unnecessary, like, the, the little white girl who jumped on stage with Kendrick, and Kendrick was like, whoa, whoa, chill, when she tried, she, she dropped nigga when she was rapping the verse of Mad City. She didn't understand what she was doing wrong. And people were like, why can't she do that? Look, white folks, black kids like us for years have been listening to hip-hop, and we found a way to not say curse words when we rap songs. Uh-huh. You, sh- you should be able to find a way to not say the word nigga. Not that hard. <laughs> It's, it's really not your word to use. Like, we can't have shit. It's like, so, so Platinum Mike Perry, a guy who is white and says he's 2% black. 2%. Really wanted to say the word nigga. Why? And that, by, by no means am I calling him a racist, though. No, no, no. Because no, I, I don't think he's necessarily racist. I just think he's dumb. 
Right. And, and that's the thing. There's a, there, we're a very hypersensitive society. We think everybody says the N-word is racist. They're not all racist. Like, no. everything is not racist. They're not done with malicious intent. They're done with ignorance. Yes. Perry is ignorant as fuck. <laughs> yes. Why do you feel like you needed to say that word? That, that's my concern. When you like, what gave you the urge to say, "Man, I need to say nigga today"? Yeah. Why? Like, I can't go I, without it. Like, this is the perfect word for this sentence. Right. And and Tyron Woodley, who some people know, I've spoken to in the past and been friendly with him occasionally. But I'm calling him out. Why would you give this man a pass? Like, I get what you at that moment in your head. You were like, "Well, if you got a drop of black blood, you're a black person." That's that's like the common thing here but when somebody has to do this much searching to find out if they have any black blood in them because the reality is that most people have black blood because the first body is found in africa blah 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 so but the reality is you giving him a pass you need to revoke that pass because you need to ask him why do you feel like you needed to say that word because personally in the conversations i've had with tyron woodley off the record me and him have never used those words with each other so why is this dude using it with you and it's cool my biggest thing about giving a pass, right? Like, listen, someone wants to give somebody a pass. I grew up in New York. Everyone knows this. I have family members and friends who are strictly Spanish, from Dominican, from Puerto Rico, from whatever, and they say, I'm not walking around just knocking people out, right? It just, it is what it is. So some people get a pass. The problem with giving people a pass is you may find that okay. They are comfortable around you saying that. They slip up and say it in front of the wrong person. They get knocked out, and now it's your fault. Like, you just can't be given passes because then they just have the license to ill. So, like, this little girl on Kendrick's stage. Maybe that shit's okay with her and her high school friends. But she gets on stage, and she's like, oops, I do something wrong? Yeah, dumbass. Like, there's also time and place. Like, I can't go around making, you know overly outlandish you know sexual jokes you know before i i you know end up in a scandal like morgan freeman and shit like you just can't do it like it's a time and place but i got some friends i have you know friends who are women or like my fiance or whatever the case may be where i can make overly stupid jokes that's probably not appropriate everywhere i can't say that shit on twitter my job will probably fire but it you know it is what it is we understand that not everything in life is PG. Sometimes there's our jokes. One of my grandfather's funniest jokes ever. That shit's not socially appropriate. That shit's hilarious. But I just can't write that on Twitter. Like People have lost common sense in the search to fit in. I, I don't know how they've gotten these two things crossed. I don't know. Like, hey, hey, for, <laughs> you know, furthermore, sorry to interrupt you, no, but go ahead. the fact that, you know, if, if it, Tyron Woodley is not the spokesperson for black America, and it's kind of the point that you just made. So if Tyron Woodley gave you a pass and you end up in mm, L.A. and you're walking the streets of L.A. and you're like, what up, my nigga? And you get fucked up. That's on you. Yeah. Because Tyron Woodley is not like it's, it's not even Barack Obama. Barack Obama said it was cool. It's like, yo, that's one man. You can say it. Maybe you can say it to Barack Obama, but you can't say it to Michelle. Michelle will fuck you up. So it's like. That's how these things got to be looked at. Like, yo, it's not the past for you to say it. It's, it's not the right place. And and Perry, Colby Covington, like this whole everybody's trying to be like Connor thing um, is really getting out of hand. But they're taking like levels up with it. They're trying to outdo Connor. Yeah. They're like the ignorance level. And In then the, the wrong way. And your man, Colby Covington, is getting a title shot for beating Damian Maya. 
and now he's fighting Dos Anjos for an interim title. Is it like it's, it's indicative of the whole thing when your black champion is sitting on top? There is no need. He's he had an injury, but there's no need for an interim title. But you're doing this anyway to satiate Colby Covington, mm. not even Rafael Dos Anjos. Colby Covington. There's no way they want Dos Anjos to win this fight. Oh hell like, no! Like th- this is made for Colby Covington to win. Like what? What the fuck? Colby Covington? Who was Colby Covington last year? Anybody? Listen, people can. I, I could walk in the UFC offices tomorrow and walk right by his ass. Unless he was saying some dumb shit. Like, no, he's not that important. But this, this is where we're at. This is where we, we're at. And the UFC, which is, I've always said, it's like the, brand, the land of like Confederate flags and, and, and shit. Like, there's like hidden races, there's xenophobia all through the UFC. The fact that we still chant USA at fights where there's a brown person in the octagon is problematic. Like, why are you chanting USA? Aren't both these fucking guys from you? Like, I guarantee you, Kamaru Usman, if you fought Colby Covington, they chant USA. Like, Kamaru's from Nigeria and shit. <laughs> even though he lives in the States. But it's, it's, a, it's a crazy place that we're in right now. And I'm not even going to blame it all on Trump. I, I look at the alt-right. I look at fucking Tea Party and everything that builds up to this point. And, yo, guys, listen. If you, if you listen to this podcast, you're like, Andreas talks about race too much. Sorry, this is who the fuck I've always been. But we're in a tough place right now where this is just happening way too much. And if you have Netflix, do yourself a favor and watch Dear White People. It handles this topic very well this season. Oh, I haven't even watched it yet. It's very good. I have to, I have to catch that. Um, well, yeah, that's Mike Perry <laughs> getting the, the 2% pass right now. Um, UFC, on the other hand, we touched on it. They're dying for you know new stars, Colby Covington, anyone who's controversial. Um, and now we know why. The UFC inked a deal with ESPN, five-year deal, a little lower than they thought they'd get, but it's over a billion dollars for five years. Um, all Everything, next January, is moving from Fox to ESPN. No word on the Ultimate Fighter yet or their UFC on Fox show. Like with the panelists and Karen Bryant, but pretty much everything else we got ESPN or ESPN Plus. And we said that WME bought a lemon. You specifically said they bought a lemon and mm-hmm. never let them live it down. Did ESPN just buy a lemon? Absolutely. <laughs> like, there's only there's, there's, there's a couple ways to look at this. Um, they spent a lot of money for this product, but. This is also ESPN, and they can turn this lemonade around, this lemon to lemonade. And there's a way that they can do it, but it's very challenging. And I think part of the problem is that, you know, the UFC still has production rights over their live shows, um, which is kind of like ESPN has got to take control of this shit. The thing is, is that in order for this to work, the UFC cannot be a different conversation on first take. Like that, that conversation that feels really awkward. Like whenever there's a UFC conversation on ESPN first take, it doesn't it doesn't fit because you can tell that Stephen A. Smith doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Max Kellerman barely knows what he's talking about when it comes to MMA. He knows boxing, doesn't really know MMA. You have to integrate UFC into the culture of ESPN, and it has to be regular. Like it can't be forced. Like you can't give it its own show because in boxing you have a few fights a year like top rank you got like we got the crawford horn fight coming up and there's Vasil lomachenko there's not a ton of fights they just bought 42 fucking fights for espn and espn paper well i guess this will be espn pay-per-view moving forward 
They just bought all these fights, which means every weekend, except for 10 out of the calendar year, is going to be UFC, which means you have to promote this sport every week. But if you make it into something that exists outside of your daily debate shows from around the horn to first take to uh, part of the interruption, like it has to be part of that conversation. And it can't be just Ariel. It can't be just Brett Akimoto showing up. You're you have to educate your talking heads about MMA that's, because it has you're not going to teach those old dogs a new trick. Exactly. So you're going to have to hire some new people. You're going to have to find some new people because these conversations about mixed martial arts, like shit, hire us. Fuck it. I was about to say, what's your availability? (laughs) Right. I'll be on ESPN Plus quick fast. So it's like you have to integrate it because it's still an outlier in the culture. It's still very niche. But ESPN purchases it could turn this thing around. I'm not sure I'm seeing that, though, because it's still this weird thing where they try to make this like a year round sport. But not everybody's buying into it. And there's still too many events and there's still too many injuries. There's no real stars outside of Conor McGregor. The ESPN Fame 100 came out earlier this week. There's seven boxers, I believe, on the list. Floyd Mayweather is still ahead of Conor McGregor on the Fame 100, which takes into account sponsorships, search um, optimization, like how many people search for your name. And there's something else. And I can't remember what it I is. I mean, that's fair. It's Floyd Mayweather, though. He'll be up right, there but, for, for a while. Well, yeah, Floyd is like 14. Conor was like 17. And then there's like Anthony Joshua, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Manny Pacquiao's on the list. There are no other mixed martial artists. That tells you a lot about the product that they're putting out. Damn. Ronda Rousey doesn't count anymore, right? Right. No. They have one man on this list who hasn't fought since 2016. I mean, it speaks for itself. You're not doing a good job promoting your fights or your fighters. Not one person cracked that list. There's a motherfucker who plays cricket on the list <laughs> yo that kid is is world renowned though i read he that article the other day like that shit was fire it made me want to check him out it, but it's like there's a dude that plays cricket on the list there's tennis players there's golfers there's track there's there's everything on there there's one mixed martial artist who hasn't fought in an octagon since 2016 you're not doing your job you're not but you're yeah not. They, they have to use the other powers of the platform to promote people, right? We have to get, you know, sports center specials. Yeah, absolutely. On, you know, this the stories in MMA are incredible. They're not for lack of stories. So you, you just you don't can, know how to tell them. Yeah, you can go with Tyron Woodley and, and go back and do like a, a Ferguson story. Or um what's his face? Isn't he from Flint, Michigan? Uh Kevin Lee? He's not from Detroit, is he? Yeah, he's from Detroit. Oh. He lives out here in Vegas now, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, but I thought someone was like specifically from Flint, Michigan. Nonetheless, I have to look it up. But there's like stories that are, are still very, you know, very integrated. You have the, the whole immigration issue. You have fighters from Mexico. You, you have all of these different stories. You have someone who's, you know, hyper-religious. If you want to make, uh, you know, the next Tim Tebow. And you, you out of stage Northcutt, you have all of these things that you can do. It just takes time. It takes planning. It takes resources. And we'll see. I mean, partner interruptions have guests all the time. I understand you're like, well, it just can't be Ariel. But it can surely be DC. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it just has to be. It has to, be, it has to start feeling natural because it's part of your natural programming now. Like you're showing this more than like a lot of other sports. This is probably now because, I mean, you show baseball, 
uh, basketball and you have Sunday. Like this is all. This is more frequent than the NFL. Yeah, they're dealing with the UFC. So if they could talk about the NFL every week, they need to talk about the UFC every week. I, it's going to be hard, but this is what you got to do. You have to make people care about this sport. We care about it. I just like see, seeing people fight. Right. That's just that's just always been my thing since I was a kid. Pro wrestling was my gateway drug into mixed martial arts and boxing. I like watching people get beat the fuck up. Something might be wrong with me. That's who I am. But the rest of the world needs to learn how to care about these fighters. But that's the difference. Like ESPN doesn't have the people to really put the promotion of the sports on its shoulders. Like boxing. Kellerman's a huge voice in boxing. They have boxing analysts, you know, people who are personalities, not just former fighters. Like, it's cool to have the former NFL guys, but you also have to have some people who are just personalities that know a shitload about the NFL. You, you have to have these type of things. They don't have the personalities. Ariel is one hell of a journalist. Absolutely. He's not a personality. No. Like, you, you're not He's going like- to get him to be Stephen A. Smith for this sport. You're right. Right, right. He doesn't fit the culture of like the debate show. No, he's like he's MMA not. MMA out, right. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's an insider. He's, you know, Adam Scheffner, which is cool, but he doesn't lead your NFL live TV show. Yeah, he's he's your Adrian Wojciechowski. Like, yeah. he's, he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but, you know, he's he's not leading your shows every day. Like, they, they sign their insiders. Brett's a great insider, but you don't have personalities. And that network, Fox... It shows people are latching to personalities. That's why Jamel and, and you know and Michael Smith got the nod, and that's why his and hers took off and all this. People latch themselves to personalities. They didn't sign, or they've yet to sign any MMA personalities, and that's not going to bode well for major television. Because you can Damn. only put Ariel on so many shows. Like what? You need someone who has personality to go and carry it. You made you made it like I'm thinking about. It, you made a very good point. Like there are the Luke Thomases of the world. There are Chael Sonnens, of course, but there are very few personalities when it comes to discussing. Like Teddy Atlas is a personality, though he's a trainer and he's got history in the sport. But that shit's but exciting. Te- him and him and Stephen A. yelling at each other is amazing. Yeah, yeah. We don't. There is nobody like that in mixed martial arts that will passionately argue MMA. No, because <laughs> listen, I mean Luke has a great show. I like Luke's show. And Luke can get up there with the panel people and talk about it. I love, you know, personally, we're friends, but I don't care. I love what Big Mac does. Yeah. You know, Big Mac can get up there and he, he has the knowledge base and everything, but he puts a lot into it. He puts a lot of himself behind it. He has a huge personality. That works for Sirius. That's an entertaining-ass show. And then you still have your little, you know, interviews or whatever. But you have to have that personality. Ariel has an interview show. Brett does, you know, great columns and features, but they're not personalities. We, we, me, you, maybe some of the serious shows, Luke, no one else has a talk combat sports show. Everyone else is driven by the guests they can pull in. Yeah. But, I, I, but no, it, one goes week, no one goes week to week and just talks. Like pro wrestling, we have a ton of them in pro wrestling. You just sit up and chop yeah. it up. Some people rely on guests all the time. But some of the best shows, our favorite, are just people telling stories about the old days. Or chopping it up, just talking. That's not, does not exist in MMA at that level. Very good point. Like, their biggest personality, arguably, is Joe Rogan. He's on the payrolls of commentators. So you can't really give his opinion like he would, like he should. And Chael. 
Yeah, but Chael's, you know. But Chael's he's, you know, he's an ex-fighter. He's still fighting. It's, it's Chael's the whole all over the place. And which is cool. You know, every, everyone needs a, you know, a Chris Carter, a Randy Moss. A you got Moss. Like, that shit's fun. Ex-players, ex-fighters, they add to it. But sometimes you need that journalist who's a personality. We just saw the Morrow documentary. Morrow's a personality. Like, that shit's attractive. That you can sell. They don't, they don't have that. And that's what'll keep them from being mainstream. You know, if Skip Bayless, look, Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman has a good personality. He can go on any show and talk boxing and people will listen. If Skip Bayless cared about MMA, everyone else would care about MMA. I remember, it's crazy because the whole bro era and all that shit. And I hated this show, but it did so much for MMA and getting people into it. Jim Rome. Jim yeah. Rome actually talked about MMA. And wore this person, wore that person. Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. That shit made a difference. He was a personality talking the sport. They don't got that. And, and if they fail, or if it doesn't reach the heights that they wanted to, it's because of that. They are a network, and sports in general has networks that are built off of personalities. And they do not have that guy yet. Very true, man. Very true. Um, that's their deal, though. WWE signed a deal. Getting that paper. Dre ain't shit ever changing in WWE. Are you ready for this bucket? Vince McMahon right now is laughing at all of us. He's like, yeah, I did this shit with four years of Roman Reigns. Oh, boy. (laughs) Four years of Roman Reigns got him two mil. Excuse me, two billion. That shit's crazy. Could you imagine if he had CM Punk still? He's, he's going to parlay Ronda into the biggest contract of his life. Well, the, the crazy thing about this is this is SmackDown, though. Like, this, like it's a great deal. Like, this is phenomenal. This, SmackDown's going to Fox on Friday nights. But there's no Roman Reigns. There's no Ronda Rousey. Well, we got a year. The next yeah, shakeup I mean, has to put them over. Well, Somebody the, the, has to go over. That, that's the thing, because Raw is still your flagship show. But this is the first time that... SmackDown or any show on the WWE since Saturday night's the main event back when you used to come on NBC when I was a kid it's on network television a channel that everybody all right has. everybody before Fox. we continue to talk so more combat it's coming sports, on Friday night got to give another mean, thanks it's, it's, to it's kind of touch and go with Friday night because a lot of people don't watch television on Friday night but then again you can't kind of lose I mean you're not really eating up anybody that watches any television there's no shows really on Friday night there's no competition and that's Let's be honest, diehard wrestling it's fans don't have the most great. glamorous. And this is how we get our so <laughs> like It's not like they're, they're out clubbing. Casper mattresses are made in the right. USA. So it's like, so I mean, shipping. this is a big deal. Yeah, but the question the is, is like, all right, well, shout out to the great North. what about us? You can buy your and Casper I guess we don't matter. The fans who like really care about, you know, how the sport is developed over the years. You spend like a third of your life sleeping. Casper understands the importance of trying out a before you commit. So if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got 100 days period. That's right, 100 days. You know, like gave us 100 days of sleeping. By, by about that time, yeah. I think I know about like shut up. So, so get a Casper mattress so, like, for $500 we never for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 to a Casper mattress by going to Casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo for the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards a Casper perfect. Whatever. conditions apply. Look, again, man. I like and to sleep, NXT and these things are for exactly real. Exactly the feel we Make want. it happen. And bridge right now, it's time to get back to talking. And he's yeah. like, "Shut up, so stay with us." And NXT is about to take over because this contract, the money guaranteed through here, and then 
you know, still having pay-per-views on the network and people still buying the network. Network somewhere on like 2.4 million. I remember when they were talking about, my God, we need to get a million to break even. Now they're in 2.4 million territory. Like the network took off and all that's going to do is allow them to pay people stupid amounts of contracts to be in NXT and to waste their time. You know what? This, this is like the housing market. Anybody who's familiar with the housing market in the recession uh, 10 years ago, like the, the shit built and built and built. And the, the supply was there and one day that bubble's going to burst. I don't know when that day is coming, but you can't keep hoarding talent the way that they're trying to do right now. It's gonna, it's going to eventually backfire, because yeah, like you know, if the the rumors are true and they signed Keith Lee and Walter and they, you know they're still going after talent and there's really nowhere to put them, and now you sign this huge deal and it's basically what you're doing is you're trying to eliminate the competition. You're trying to take out the regions again. Yeah. Well, but it's like. Um, Matt Rinaldi from uh, MMA Fighting made a great point that ESPN should go after New Japan because create a competitor. And New Japan is a competitor. They have American wrestlers. They, but you got you to gotta do something because... New Japan ROH something for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, but it's like the WWE is so big and this Fox deal has just made it so much bigger. But they, they're, you're, they're not doing anything different. They're going to hoard talent. Some will break through the glass ceiling. By the way, CM Punk should call Vince and be like, I need a check. Because if it wasn't for this, the pipe bomb and the shit that I did, the indies would have never really mattered to you. But yeah. that in itself is a whole other conversation. Hey, but CM yeah. Punk might be all in, so he might be getting a check. <laughs> Depending on what happens with Mike, the truth. If the truth knocks his ass out, then CM Punk will be in Chicago for all in. But, but yeah, the, the point is that, you know, the bubble, like the, it's like the housing market where things are skyrocketing now. You have, uh, WWE stock is through the roof. They're just absorbed. They're just eating up talent to the point where it's like they just disappear. Um, they're, they're trying to suck the indies dry. But then eventually the guys like Neville or guys like Austin Aries, there'll be more of them unhappy where they are. And they're going to they're gonna make a move. So it, it's great now. I'm interested to see how this lasts for the ne- over the next few years because there's still not enough room for all these guys. Well, I think NXT goes to two hours. Um, SmackDown will stay two. I... I, I it's hard to say, which it, right now it sounds crazy, but I wouldn't put it past them if they have so much talent coming through to add another weekly show. Ugh. Like a, a major net, like USA puts on a Wednesday night something or some shit like that. Yeah. And, or NXT gets bought by, you know, USA. Or USA costs up the money for NXT. And only thing we get on the network is the UK tournament, 205 Live. Like, you know, a full UK show, one hour a week, 205 Live, one hour a week, and then you get NXT Wednesdays on USA, two hours, and you make that the legit third brand. Yeah, that makes me sleepy. Just thinking about that makes me tired, because, like... But, I mean, that's how you got to fit in all the talent, right? Like, well, takeovers will be regular things. You, it, it's crazy. You, you, you would kind of, sort of, in some way, turn NXT into the failed ECW relaunch. Yes, where you can move people back and forth, but at yeah, least but NXT is kind of at least more stable. So maybe they can, it is. they can withstand that. ECW was on you know rocky knees and it had this legacy that you couldn't build up to on major television and it fell flat. Yeah, I mean it was co-opted. Like when they when they brought ECW when it was already a dead product. They, I mean if you remember the first draft, they they sent Kurt Angle yeah. to ECW. 
it was like they try, but the shit never works when you send like if you send Roman Reigns to NXT, people see through that shit. They don't they don't want, they don't care. But ultimately, big great deals for the WWE and UFC. I'm interested in saying what they do with it. I still maintain that the UFC is a lemon, but going to the ESPN could help it out. It's not guaranteed. No, we shall see. We shall see. Five years for all of these people. So in five years, we'll be right back here talking the same thing. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a lot more money because they'll cut us the checks. Uh, then we have Eddie Hearn trying to do the same thing in boxing. And he's offering mm. crazy contracts. Broner turned out $6.2 million um, for one year's worth of contracts, three fights. Where the hell is he going to get the same amount of money? Yo, listen, I, I'll put it like this. I don't, I'm not sure what his deal with Al Heyman is behind the scenes. It must be something there with that relationship. Well, my man, you're fighting once a year. And you're not good. So not at all. Hearn is offering, if, if Hearn is offering you three fights over the next 12 months, maybe 12 to 16 months, I can't remember the time. Um, in the $2 million range, because he's got the money to blow. And two of them could be cans. Yeah, two of them can be cans. Who, I mean, get you back in the win column. Yeah, the money's, the money's guaranteed. Two of them can be cans. The problem with PBC has always been that they stopped having their fighters fight. So if you're not busy, like you look at Sean Porter. Sean Porter fights like once a year. That's that's You can't do that. That's not fair. Like you, One, you're not getting paid. Two, you're not being seen. So if he, Hearns offer you the opportunity to be seen and get paid, why are you not taking it? So, But whatever's happening behind the scenes, my problem with Broner is why did you put that shit on Instagram? What was the point you were trying to make? It didn't help him, but it surely hurt, helped her. Yeah, because now everybody's like, yo, if the owner is <laughs> getting an offer, like the Charlos are entertaining it right now. And yeah. I, there, there's a strong possibility. Like, um, they did, WBC just announced today that the Sean Porter, Danny Garcia fight is going to a purse bid because Heyman's not their promoter. He manages them, but he's not either their promoter. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Hearn bought the purse bid for Porter and uh, and Garcia and made that launch his streaming service. Why not? not? Yeah, because, it's a it's a good not? investment. Why not? If it's going to purse bid and Heyman's not going to put the, put up the money, and you could probably outbid Heyman because Heyman used sponsors and advertisers' money, where Hearn's got his own fucking money. Buy that fight. Buy that fight, and then then lure them too. It's like, hey. You see what I just did for you? Danny, Sean, Charlos. I already got Daniel Jacobs. I already got Anthony Joshua. Deontay Wilder, come on over. Come on over to Death Row. This is like the, the British version of Death Row. He can build <laughs> shit the fuck out. Like, I'm, this could turn into PBC, but it's, it, it may, I don't think it will. I think Hearn is really could be onto something, especially with the worldwide appeal of boxing. PBC was very Americanized, very in the States. Hearn is worldwide, and he understands how big the European market is. Yo, he could be onto something here if he does it right. Yeah, I mean, and and there's no pay-per-view stars. So you're really just cutting off Showtime and HBO. So it's ultimately a matter of can you get the right fighters to get the right people to subscribe to your service and watch? Because you're going to sink a lot of money into this before you see a profit. But if if you get these guys now and you promise them, yo, you'll fight two to three times a year. And like you show them they can For nice paychecks. It's the, it's the perfect way because it gives us as boxing fans reasons to watch. Because now I ain't got to wait a year. Like, dog, who just fought? Um, who we just talked? Damn, they were just talking about him. Gary Russell Jr. Yeah. Gary Russell Jr., great talent, fights once a fucking year so nobody knows who he is. Get that man three fights. Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. People will be a little bit more interested in seeing Gary Russell Jr. fight. 
you got to, man, you got to move things a little bit faster. And if that's what Hearn's doing, I'm here for it. Um, but Broner might be, a, you, I mean, you are an idiot, but come on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, all right. Before we went through everything, like I said, it was side notes of kind of every business. But let's talk about the UFC Liverpool card real quick before we start wrapping up. We have Wonder Boy versus Darren Till headlining. And I think, you know, it's kind of going to fall flat because this is one of the cards that kind of just gets caught in the wash. So much UFC. And in two weeks, we get CM Punk in right. Chicago and that card. And, and that's going to start ramping up. So this is kind of just caught in no man's land. But still a couple good fights. We have Neil Magny on the card versus Craig White. I think that should be a win for Neil Magny because um, he's still a tough, tough summer gun. Outside of that, uh, Elias Theodoro on the UFC Fight Pass card. Versus Trevor Smith, um, Jason Knight's on this card, but it's really about the main event. Steven Thompson versus Darren Till. Who do you have? I got Wonder Boy. Um, this this feels like Yair getting fed to Frankie Edgar. It feels that way because Till knocked out Cerrone, who was like a career lightweight who moved up to welterweight, right? And we all know Cerrone has those poop butt performances where he's on a roll and then he just gets beat the fuck up. And Darren Till took advantage of that. Darren Till hasn't beaten anybody in the top 15 outside of that. He hasn't beaten anybody that you could name. You can't name who he's beat. Unless there is something that I'm missing here with Darren Till and his wrestling ability, in a kickboxing match, I don't see him beating Wonderboy over the course of five rounds. I don't see this happening. He's going to be in his backyard, too. The UFC, maybe Sean Shelby and the UFC matchmaker see something that I don't. But but I said the same thing when Yair fought Frankie. I was like, oh, Frankie's gonna murder him. He's yeah, not ready. Too, too too much too soon. Yeah, I think I think this is the good and the bad of what the UFC does that boxing doesn't do. Darren Till, they say, hey man, you ready for the bright lights? Here, take this guy on in Liverpool on a card that probably nobody in the states is gonna watch, but it's gonna be in front of your home country. But if he gets mowed down, then it's like, well, fuck. Now what? And I think that's what's about to happen. I think Wonderboy's gonna win this fight. I, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if Till can keep the distance. My only concern is Till's a very big welterweight. But uh, yo, if this turns into a striking contest, he might get fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Wonder Boy as well. I think Till will hang in there, but five rounds of Wonder Boy, he's just, he's going to make it a chess match. And he probably won't knock Till out, but he'll take four out of five rounds. Just, you know, peppering him and being able to use angles. And to me, Till just hasn't fought anyone at his level yet. Till has to hope for a stoppage, hope for a knockout. Wonderboy could win in many ways, and usually that's my deciding factor. Who could win in the most ways? And that's that's Wonderboy in this fight, so I'm taking him. Um, what do you think of the Badu Jack fight last weekend versus Adonis Stevenson? Came out in a draw. Who'd you have winning that? Man, um, I'm not bad at the draw. I, I actually stopped scoring it because I was interested in the fight itself. But I, I haven't even watched it back. The most interesting thing is it kind of played out like I said. I was worried about Adonis Stevenson's conditioning, because when you take two fights in two years and you're 40 years old, that shit will catch up to you. Yeah. Badu had the perfect strategy, which almost backfired because he waited a little long, because I think he was a little surprised at how much how hard Adonis hit, so he kind of sat back. But, man, Adonis gassed out. I had people on my timeline saying Adonis should retire, and I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. No, he should retire. I mean, maybe he's not ready for Kovalev, but once again, it's definitely the end of the line. Getting close to the end of the line. You should have retired, but you got to cash out. So, yeah. you, like, you know, draws and wars against Badu Jack 
aren't going to, you know, break the bank for you. You might as well test yourself against Kovalev. Yeah, I mean, although I do think there should be an immediate rematch here. I'm one of those people, when I see a draw, like, dog, there should be an immediate rematch. I think so, too, but they weren't talking like that. It seems yeah, like they so, were going to move on. But, but, I mean, Badu, he's like the master of the draw. Like, he gets draws all the time. I don't know how this guy does it. I, I'm going to start betting on him getting a draw. I don't care who he fights. <laughs> um, but I thought Badu fought excellent. He fought an excellent fight. Um, I thought it was a great fight, too, the way it played out down the stretch. I think Adonis stole a round that he shouldn't have got, I think, in the 11th, maybe. Um, but he, he got a second win, and I was like, yo, he's putting it all out there. It was a great fight. Boxing needs more fights like this where, where guys are, are testing themselves against the best. Um, so, yeah, I was happy with it. The Gary Russell fight I was happy with also. I mean, we had a great weekend of boxing. Uh, we got a weekend, then we were on to Terrence Crawford in, in uh, Horn. Yeah, so it's it's good we get kind of a week to recover, but we'll both be in the building for that. There's also a fight going on in L.A. that same night. I forgot who's fighting. But, is it uh, Morris and Santa Cruz fight? No. Oh, maybe it is. They sent me the credential, and it was on there, too. Like, in the application process, it was like, make sure you tell us which one you want to go to. And I was like, no, Jeez. the one here in Vegas. So, uh, yeah, no, there are two fights that night. So, we'll be busy. Two fights and UFC. Oh, my God. Same yeah, night. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a ton. Then the weekend after, we have an NXT TakeOver, a, what, WWE Money in the Bank, the UK tournament, Monday and Tuesday, Raw SmackDown, all over again in a matter of four days. So, this is our resting weekend. And, uh, well, you know, enjoy the holiday weekend. You guys, don't drink too much. Don't be like me. Um, I'm probably going to go out there and get drunk just because I have a very long weekend, four days straight off. So, that's going to be exciting. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at The Corner LSN. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. That's our show for this week. Thank you guys again. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.